true all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. My goodness, the pitching on this team is ridiculous, right? Yesterday, Corbin Burns, eight shutout, no hits. Today, Brandon Woodruff, the complete game shutout. It's a rarity in baseball, and it's a rarity under Craig Council. First one since Adrian Hauser against the Cardinals in September of 2021. So almost two years to the day, just a little more than two years. And Brandon Woodruff has the CG shutout. 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here tonight, you can call in, you can text in. We'll get you here on the air. Craig Kishan is going to join us in just a little bit as well. The crew win, by the way, 12 nothing. Uh, but the story is obviously Brandon Woodruff and the pitching today. We'll get to plenty of stuff about the offense, and we'll get into the deep stuff with uh, with Craig Kishon in a little bit. But just a few numbers right off the top here. First and foremost, consecutive scoreless innings as a starter. That's 25 straight innings. You know, he had uh, seven shutout innings. Or excuse me, he had... Uh, Yes, exactly. Uh, seven shutout innings his last go-around. He's been on a roll uh, as of late, has Brandon Woodruff. I'm just pulling up the numbers right now. In case you were wondering, the longest stretch for consecutive scoreless innings uh, in Brewers history belongs to Teddy Higuera. 32 straight innings back in uh, 1987. So 16 uh, last few innings. It should be 21 consecutive innings, I beg your pardon. 21 consecutive innings innings for Brandon Woodruff as a starter. He's starting to approach those guys. That's certainly on the radar. Also, it's the first time the Brewers have had back-to-back starts of at least eight innings and no runs allowed since CC Sabathia and Ben Sheets. They both had complete games against the Nats in 2008. <laughs> Good company there for Brewers royalty, to say the least. And and Brandon Woodruff, the the biggest number that jumped out, and if you were watching the telecast, you saw Sophia Minnett brought it up. We'll hear from Woodruff in just a little bit. We're going to replay the interview he had with uh, Lane Grindle right here on WTMJ. But his first pitch strikes, man, he was dominating early in the contest, early in counts, and he got on to, he latched on to the fact that there were so many first-pitch swings, too, right? Now, obviously, the strike counts. And don't get me wrong. He's going to take it. But you got to be ready on that first pitch to, you know, if you're the Mar- seeing the Marlins and how aggressive they were on the first pitch, like, okay, they're going to swing. 26 out of 33 first-pitch strikes. That's 79%. Ridiculously good. Or how about this? Of those 33 batters he faced, 15 of them swung at the first pitch. So nearly half, 15 of 33 batters swung at the first pitch today against Brandon Woodruff. He made the adjustment. He decided to start attacking with fastball, saying, all right, get yourself out. 19 of those 33 first pitches were four receivers, five more were sinkers. So 24 of 33 first pitches were fastballs. And now 21 consecutive scoreless innings for Brandon Woodruff. Let me get to a few of these texts here. 855 616 one six twenty again eight five five six one six one six twenty. Obviously, the player of the game is Big Wu. Honorable mention for uh, Willie Adamas. Awesome defense and the bats coming alive tonight. Fantastic W from the crew. That's from Adam down in Gainesville, Florida. Josh in Milwaukee. That was a gem. I'm glad Woody secured himself a signature moment with that performance. The bullpen bullpen could use rest after a marathon on getaway, which is so critical at this point. Then there were 12 runs driven in on top of it. A great start to the homestand. That one from Josh here in Milwaukee. And and you look at it, the Brewers. Look, we're going to talk about the offense with Craig in a little bit, but this game was over in like the fourth inning. And then the only drama of the game was, okay, how long is Brandon Woodruff going to go keeping zeros on the board? When the Brewers jumped out to the 6-0 lead in the fifth inning, I was like, all right, we'll chalk it up. Then they put in five more runs in the sixth. It's like, okay, yeah, all good here. Season high, 17 hits for them, too. And, you know, let, let's go. I mean, Corbin Barron's got to be sitting here like, hey, man, 
What about me? Come on. You, you got 12 for Woody? None for me? It's fine. It's, that's baseball, Susan. Everybody had a hit in the starting, uh, in the starting lineup. Josh Donaldson had an RBI single. Uh, you look at Willie Adamas, three for four, uh, a, two doubles and a triple, three extra base hits without a homer, four runs batted in for him, fantastic stuff. Mark Canna, the leadoff home run, set the tone right off the bat. Uh, William Contreras has now reached base in 20 consecutive games. A lot of positivity to draw from this one tonight. And you give everybody a little breather. And if I'm Freddie Peralta, man, I'm looking at my chops right now. You saw how aggressive they were. If I'm Freddie Peralta tomorrow, I'm sitting here like, okay, if I throw strikes and I throw well-located strikes, they're going to get themselves out. And his arsenal is very similar to Brandon Woodruff's heavy jumping fastball, hammer breaking ball. Woodruff, it's the changeup, not the breaking ball. But a few more sliders than usual today as well. Huge. And this is the first of four with the Marlins. Huge. Just absolutely huge stuff. By the way, as we start the show here, update out in Denver. The Cubs are currently leading 3-1 to against the Rockies. So let's just go ahead and assume. That game will probably be over by the time we're off the air. But, you know, let's go ahead and assume the Cubs get the win. The Brewers will remain three games up in the NL Central. They will remain four games clear in the loss column against the Cubs as well. The Cubs are also going to play the Diamondbacks again this weekend. So that's going to be huge for tiebreaker purposes in the wild card race. Arizona, by the way, tied 3-3 against the Mets right now in the top of the eighth in Queens. So the, the postseason picture doesn't really change with a win. You, you can hope the Rockies can make an epic comeback against the Cubs, but uh, at, at the same time, game's never over in, uh, in Coors. Just saying, it's never over. Always got to hold your breath. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Willie Domus had a massive night. Brandon Woodruff's obviously the story, too, but we got a lot of offense to break down from this one as well. Stay with us. Just getting rolling. Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Take a breather. Come back with more right here on WTMJ. And the trumpets, they go. The uh, player of the game poll is the easiest one of the, the season since the Sal Freelich epic debut against the Braves. It's Brennan Woodruff. It's brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Just breaking down the numbers here on Brandon Woodruff's start today. Again, 26 out of 33 first pitch strikes. That's 79%. In total, he only had 11 swings and misses, which is kind of low for him. Obviously, the strikeouts weren't all the way there. Seven strikeouts is still a very, very good number. When we look at the strikes specifically, he threw 106 total pitches. 33 of 48 four-seamers were strikes. 21 of 26 sinkers were strikes. The secondary stuff was phenomenal. You combine all of the secondary stuff, 32 pitches, 23 strikes. Got the job done tonight. Brandon Woodruff. Now we're joined by Craig Kishon here on WTMJ. Once television has finished up for you, Craig, and this is one of those nights I'm just sitting here in awe of these last two days of the starting rotation and honestly, if I'm the rest of the National League, I'm like, I'm like, oh boy, oh no, Burns and Woodruff, and I'm the Marlins. I'm like, man, I don't get to take a break. It's Freddie Peralta tomorrow. This is exactly what the Brewers envisioned at this point in the season, having everybody healthy and performing. Now, I don't think they're going to go complete game shutout every time, but performing at the top of their game at the end of the year. That's that's exactly what you hope for. Well, yeah, I mean, that that is totally the key. You're absolutely 100% right. This is where you want to shine, and, and you want everybody to shine right now. And I, I really think, you know, despite yesterday's offense, not scoring any runs until the, the 11th inning yesterday, that's just going to be how it's going to go a little bit. But when they get cranked up like they do here tonight, I love it, man. 12, 12 runs scored 
and only one home run hit by the Brewers here in this one. So, but I mean, what they did was support some outstanding pitching. And for Dom, if it was any answer to the fact that they weren't able to do that yesterday for Burns and they got out and did it for Woody, hopefully that's a sign of a team maturing a little bit too and understanding what they need to do. So, uh, really, really nice team win here. These last two games have been purely entertaining. It was, I mean, it was, let's face it, it was the Burns show yesterday, if you're a Brewer fan. And tonight it was, it was both. It was uh, pitching his, his game and, uh, and the offense piecing it all together. It was awesome stuff. And, and you mentioned the offense. We'll get to them in a little bit of them getting off the deck against uh, the, the Marlins. And I, I also, I mean, Hazel Lazardo has had a very, very underrated season. He has been pitching very well this season. And his last few starts, Lazardo had been okay. Six innings, two runs, didn't strike out many guys last time, but then six shutout against the Braves, six shutout against the Padres. So it's not like this was a nobody. And this is the new top of their rotation since Sandy Alcantara is on the IL. And you mentioned it, only one home run. It was a leadoff shot from Mark Canna, who's there because Christian Yelich is still dealing with his day-to-day with his back issue. The Brewers are getting it done without the national household names, obviously. But I look at this lineup construction, and I look at the the lineup today, right? And we can talk about Josh Donaldson a little bit later. This is a long lineup, and it's against a lefty, which was a problem for the Brewers all year long. And they support Woodruff. The offense shows up. They're up 6 nothing through five innings, and they never look back. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I, I think another thing, too, when you look at who produced runs here tonight, uh, everybody that produced runs, if I'm not mistaken, except for Willie Adamas, was not on the opening day roster. Um, and so you're looking at obviously a, a, you know a few rookies along the way, but it, it is pretty amazing what you know they've been able to do. What Tyrone Taylor's been able to do after going to the IL twice to come back and and look so strong here right now. Uh, Freelick and Weimer and Monasterio weren't around. Donaldson just made his Brewer debut tonight and had an RBI. Canna was traded for and his hit four home runs as a Brewer in his limited time and. And he's not known as a home run hitter. And we know what Willie Damas can do. Uh, and he did it here tonight as well. But all those other other names, uh, they slowly made their way to the Brewer roster. And, and look what they're doing for the club now. This has been a, a very productive offense also. So it's now 20 innings since the start of August that the Brewers have scored at least three runs without a home run. That is the most in baseball, and I, I tweeted this a few days ago, and I'll, I'll reiterate it, the fact that the Brewers, uh, at the trade deadline to the end of the season in 2022, again, from the trade deadline to the end of the season in 2022, they were 28th in batting average with runners in scoring position, 25th in runs batted in. This year, now, this is excluding today's numbers, but today they went 7 for 19 with runners in scoring position, so pretty darn good. But they're, this year, they're third since the trade deadline and fifth in runs batted in. The Brewers had a need. They saw it. They filled it. And it's a pretty easy formula to win games. Just get the hit. You don't always need home runs. Yeah, and, and we've talked about how it took a while, I think, for them to to buy into who they had and not what they wanted to do necessarily. And who they have now and what they all understand um, is perfect, to be quite honest with you. Because as you mentioned, Dom, you know, you go out and you acquire certain players at the trade deadline, and they're guys that fit. They're guys that maybe will have some influence. Uh, I think Canis had some influence on this team. Look at what he did after his home run tonight. He went right to Carlos Santana, who was uh, in the on-deck circle, and William, uh, William Contreras went to bat. And he had a couple of couple of words with him. And it mostly was what he should be expecting uh, from Luzardo. And, and you got to believe that that stuff has to continue to go on. And, and who's doing it is some of the new guys, but it's also guys like Canna who have been around. Carlos Santana is the same way. Um, they just got guys who fit, and we're seeing how good this fit is here so far. And 
like you said a few minutes ago, they're they're hitting on all cylinders here right now at, at the right time of the season. And remember, Canna and Lazardo were former teammates with the Oakland A's, so certainly knows him very, very well to use that advantage that he had over Lazardo. Uh, we'll close the book on Brandon Woodruff coming up next. We'll also get some reaction about Josh Donaldson as well. Text here uh, from Aaron in Illinois. Just wow, wow, Dom. It looks like they forgot about the loss yesterday. I guess we got to go with an offensive player of the game, which is Adamus Woody is obviously the overall player of the game on the mound. It's a much-needed relief for the bullpen. Great stuff. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here this evening, stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. First Brewers complete game shutout since Adrian Hauser in 2021, and it is 21 consecutive scoreless innings for Big Woo. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishan. Before we get to our difference-making moment, I mean, this, this was just amazing stuff from, from Big Woo. Is there anything that just jumps out? To, are you ever surprised still by, by Woodruff because – this is the guy that we saw in the second half of last season when he came back from the Raynaud's disease. And now that he's come back from the shoulder injury, he, he looks A-OK. I, I, I find myself saying, yeah, this looks like the guy in 2022, and there really shouldn't be a surprise. No, I, I mean, I, I'm seeing a guy that just continues to get stronger uh, physically. I, need, I, I see a guy that uh, gets stronger um, emotionally psychologically i really do i mean let's face it dom he he walked down in that dugout after the eighth inning tonight and he made no bones about it i'm not even sure he had to say anything he may have just glared over to craig council and said i'm going to finish this game um that's how far he's come and really they did have a number restriction on him it was 105 and he went 106 pitches so i mean you cannot you cannot argue how almost perfect Brandon Woodruff is and understands, you know, his role on this team. Um, but I think he's taken it that step further over, you know, a year ago and especially what he's, what he's been able to accomplish um, after that injury this year. I mean, you don't miss four months and come out and do what he's doing here and becoming such an ace of the staff, such a leader um, in, in such a short amount of starts that he's had. Uh, but I'm telling you what, he put this team on his back, especially the bullpen here tonight, and you just don't see that very often in baseball anymore. Only special, special guys can can do that. And the reason I bring it up is because this, this quote from Craig Council as well, sometimes it's tough for Woody to exceed expectations because this is him. This is how he started the season. This is how he finished the season last year. This is Brandon Woodruff, end quote from Craig Council. And I think that puts it perfectly because this is who this is him. I mean, heavy fastball, get you to bite on a slider or a changeup. He's going to throw you a strike, and he's going to get yourself out. So he's been awesome to watch. Uh, our difference-making moment segment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Craig, take it. What's your difference-making moment? Well, I'm going to give it to Woody here on this one. I'm going all the way back to the first inning, Dom, uh, when he got the first two batters out in a rise and bell, and then uh, the next two reach, so it's first and third, two down, and he goes right after uh, De La Cruz and strikes him out to end the first inning. And after that, he, he cruised himself, to be honest with you, the rest of the way. But just to avoid giving up anything in that opening frame and, and staying locked in the way we've seen him lately – I'll take that strikeout and say basically that could have been the ball game because Mark Canna came up and, and hit the home run to start out the uh, bottom of the first for the Brew Crew. So I'll, I'll say that's going to be my uh, difference maker. I, I love that. I'm going to go on the offensive side, given it was a 12 nothing game. I, I look to what happened in the third inning, right? Josh Donaldson coming up after Willie hits the double, second and third, and you've got an opportunity here 
to really make this hurt, right? There's one out in the inning. So the infield comes in. you got to make sure the ball gets out of the infield. And Josh Donaldson grounds out in his first plate appearance as a brewer on the first pitch. And here he is swinging at the first pitch again, but getting it up the middle for a single. All the talk about batting average, all the talk about, oh, he only hits homers. Here he is just putting it back up the middle getting enough on it. Was it a perfect swing? No. But did it get the job done? Yes. Already buying into ball in play, good things happen. And then, of course, the Brewers added on with Tyrone Taylor adding an RBI as well. The Brewers were up 4 nothing at the end of that inning, and I thought it was a little monkey off the back there for Josh Donaldson. Just get the first hit out of the way, and it helped that it was productive too. Yeah, I like it. I mean, what did he end up with? Uh, one one for three in the ball game and uh, scored a run, drew a walk, had a base hit, an RBI. Uh, that's not a bad debut for a guy that has had a really, really rough season, you know, staying completely healthy and then somehow grinding his way through uh, really a downfall year for the New York Yankees as well. This this will hopefully be a fresh start for him uh, in good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That That's what uh, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking at this point because he got to start here today, made his debut, and and we could see more of him before too long. 855-616-1620 if you want to chime in about Josh Donaldson. And I, I, I am very comfortable in sitting on this hill that I'm on that, you know, initially when I saw the, the, the Yankees release him, I'm like, oh, there's no way the Brewers would go after this kind of guy. And as I learned more about him and I learned about how the year went with the Yankees and that they kind of just kind of left him out to dry on the 60-day IL, not even giving him a chance to prove he was healthy and granted him his release to give him a chance on a playoff team and reading into the underlying numbers about his hard hit rate, his exit velos and all the launching, like, you know, the nerd stuff, right? And I have seen peak Josh Donaldson. He doesn't need to be peak Josh Donaldson, but I still feel like his floor is better than a lot of options that were available at this year's trade deadline, and the one thing this team does not have is a right-handed, bona fide power bat. Now, Cannon went yard yesterday, no doubt, that was great, but a bona fide power threat that this righty comes up and there is thunder in the bat, and if you want to say Joey Weimer, he hasn't hit a homer since July, so I think it's a good fit, and Again, what's the worst that could happen? If J.D. doesn't work out, okay, see you later. You put Monasterio back at third and Terang at second, but now you get to take Terang's bat out of the order, which has been slumping as of late, and this lineup gets deep like we talked about today. Yeah, it, it, gives, you, it gives you the options that you want to have, you know, if you're Craig Council and, and how Matt Arnold assembled, you know, this, this 26-man roster here right now. And, and that's the key. You want to have... You want to have the right options, and and clearly, you know, if if Donaldson comes through, I mean, tonight was it a bang? Not necessarily, but it certainly was not disappointing at all. And he's definitely worthy, you know, of another start over there at third base and getting back in that lineup. So, and that may happen throughout this series, you know, with the Marlins being so uh, pitching wise, left handed dominated. So we'll see how this pans out, but. You know, it, it does clearly give this team, you know, the options that you're hoping to have, uh, especially when guys might be struggling a little bit. Um, I'll tell you what, I never like a game when Terang's not in there just because of his glove, uh, but I get it. I get the whole thing. You, you got to score, and after not scoring until the 11th inning was scoreless game yesterday, you got to stack it up today, and, and they did a really good job of that. And Craig Council said it very candidly during the road trip. We're at the portion of the year. This was talking about player Brian Anderson. You're at the portion of the year where the results matter, and you've got a body of work at this point, and they have to play the guys. So make an appearance today. Have a lot less playing time moving forward, not just this series because it's a lot of lefties, but he's going to have a lot less playing time moving forward because Josh Donaldson is here. So the thought is... The Brewers have to win. They're fighting off the Cubs right now to get into the postseason. Then you can reassess. So I, I'm all for it. And this is, quite frankly, something that Craig Council normally hasn't done. He's sometimes been the guy to rely on the back of the baseball card more than the guy's actual day-to-day performance. And we've seen that a lot more as of late. Now, before I let you go, Craig, quick live reaction. Update from Coors Field. 
Rockies take a 4-3 lead on the Cubs in the top of the eighth inning. They're headed to the bottom of the eighth now. You're never out of it at Coors Field, and the Rockies have taken the lead. I like it, man. I like it. It's, uh, it's a critical time to have the Brewers back at home. Uh, they're matching up well against teams that are fighting again into the postseason like the Marlins are. And, man, you, you take any way to notch down that magic number, and if you can do get two out of the deal in one night, that's a great start to the work week. Uh, I, I don't recognize magic numbers until it's single digits. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but yes, it's 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 getting there. But, but it's, you got to get there somehow. September 11th. <laughs> I know, I know, but I I it's I feel the same way about know, looking I don't at the even standings know what the in magic June. Number is right now, but it doesn't matter. We'll we'll uh, knock them down, man. We we just knew this starting today. They had 20 games with 21 days to go, right? So. Uh, you know we're hitting it now, three weeks in. For the Central, it's 16 games now. So uh, 16, and then if the Cubs lose, it'll be 15 for the Central. So there you go. There's your answer. But I don't care. I don't care until it's single digits. Craig Deshaun, thank you as always, and uh, appreciate you. And we'll, You'll chat with Bob Brainerd tomorrow, and uh, hope you enjoy it. All right. Sounds good, Dom. Take care. All right, Craig Sean here on WTMJ. I got a few more texts that rolled through here. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. And uh, not going to lie, I got Monday Night Football on right now here where I'm sitting to do the show. And whoo-wee, that field goal. Oh, my goodness. A, almost a, a double doink. It was hooking. It hit the left upright, kicked in, and it was good. So that Monday Night Football game is probably headed to overtime. And uh, for the football folks out there, I, I hate seeing that for Aaron Rodgers, personally. For the people cheering about Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, get a life. Like, come on. You're watching greatness. Get a life. So, uh, hope he's okay. Stinks. But, hey, as I said earlier, that's baseball, Susan. That's football, Susan. Oh, well. Uh, let's get to uh, who's hot. Let's get a few more questions in here as well. We're also going to hear from Brandon Woodruff, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, right here on WTMJ. I know I always come and go, but it's out of my control. Brewers get the win, 12 nothing. They are playing some great baseball here, man. One of the best teams since the uh, trade deadline been really fun to watch them the brewers you know we we can get specific on this too you know as i'm, I'm pulling up the uh the good old baseball reference machine here on the trade deadline day the brewers were a half game back of the cincinnati reds the cubs were four games back of the reds okay on trade deadline day and still at this point brandon woodruff had not yet returned Right, he or he had just returned for one start. Okay. Now since the trade deadline, the Brewers are now twenty two and thirteen, which is the fourth best record in the National League. It could be third best if the Cubs lose tonight. And when folks ask, Oh, why can't they generate space? Why can't they pull away? I know they lost that series at Wrigley. But the Cubs have been playing great baseball too. And Personally, I know it's stressful, but this makes it a little more fun, right? When two teams are playing their best and it's not just one pulling away and it's a free fall. By the way, though, speaking of free falls, the Reds, they're 15-21 and 21 since the trade deadline, and uh, they have come back down to earth. But the Brewers, 22-13 and 13 since the trade deadline with a plus now 62 run differential since the trade deadline. All that's all oh, they have a negative run differential. The nerds like me were trying to get in your head and say, Oh, they're they're run differential, Dom. They're not they're not that good. Like today, fan graphs today. Today fan graphs power rankings. And I I want to be full disclosure here. I, I'm a member to fan graphs. I've been paying for my fan graph subscription for a very, very long time. And I should never get worked up about power rankings, because power rankings are made up bits of content to get people like me to talk about them. But the fact that, so they always put teams into tiers, right? The first tier is the best of the best, and that's the obvious ones, the Braves and the Rays. On the cusp of greatness goes to the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Rangers, which I thought was odd. Tier three is the solid contenders. 
You would think that's where the Brewers belong, right? No, they put them in the melee in Tier 4, and I think that's utter crap. How can you put the Rangers on the cusp of greatness, who the Brewers swept in their ballpark against Max Scherzer, and put the Brewers, who just no-hit the Yankees for 11 innings almost, yes, they lost the game, but dominated the Yankees for all but one inning that weekend, now dominate the Marlins 12-0 in the melee and not a solid contender. Whatever. Just getting it off my chest. Couple of texts here. 855-616-1620. Mike and Kohler. Brewers got the bats going now, pushing it hard to the playoffs. Correct counsel has released pitchers do one inning at the end of the games. Just keep them all fresh. So maybe Devin could have closed it out yesterday. He pitched yesterday, Mike. He pitched in the ninth inning. You, you don't wait to use your closer on the road. you got to use your closer because you may never get the chance to use them if they somebody else blows it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Devin pitched yesterday, but, yeah, that's the point. you got to try to keep them fresh. That's also, I bet, if the Brewers you know, were closer on Saturday night, he probably would have pitched that game, but they made it an 8 nothing game, so they didn't need to use him. They decided to wait to use him on Sunday. Uh, this text from the 262, B.A. got in the game today. Also, are you shocked he wasn't cut upon Donaldson reaching the big league club? Felt like it was riding on the wall. I disagree. Uh, Owen Miller was optioned in case you missed it to make room for Donaldson on the active roster. J.C. Mejia was placed on the 60-day IL to make room on the 40-man roster for Josh Donaldson. And I'll reiterate it again. There's a lot of confusion about the postseason eligibility rules. He was in the organization before September 1st, which means he's postseason eligible. You don't have to be on a 40-man roster by September 1st to be postseason eligible. You just have to be in the organization. So that's why Josh Donaldson is postseason eligible. But the reason why I'm not surprised about Brian Anderson is for roster versatility. Okay, Andre Monasterio can play second base. And Brian Anderson can play third base, and in case of emergency, can play right field. Josh Donaldson can only play third base in DH. So here's my vision for this. On the days, maybe they, they're facing a standard righty, right? And you're going to have Bryce Terang play second base, and you're going to have Andrew Monasterio at third base. You're going to have Josh Donaldson as the designated hitter. If the team brings in a left-handed reliever to face Bryce Terang, and it's at a point of the game where maybe Craig Council wants to bring in a bat, or maybe even it is that bat is Josh Donaldson. You know, if he's not starting the game, maybe Rowdy Telez is serving as the DH or something like that. It gives you versatility. It gives you the chance to say, okay, we can pinch hit Bryce with somebody else, and then defensively, Brian Anderson can move to third base, and then Monasterio goes to second. So there's ways that they can work around this by keeping B.A. on the roster. I think it's A-OK. I think it's a smart move. I know Owen Miller is the hometown kid, but it's the offensive production has really fallen off, and, and the defense, you know, Terang and Monasterio are better defenders in the Brewers' eyes than Owen Miller. And Josh Donaldson at third base. I mean, he made a great play on that bunt earlier today, too. That was, hey, he can still move. He's fine. He's healthy. So he holds his own at the hot corner as well. That's part of the reason I think all the roster stuff went down. Uh, we're with you for another 30 minutes or so, so we got a lot of content to fill here. But real quick, let's how about enjoy Brandon Woodruff after the game with our own Lane Grindle right here on WTMJ. Here's what Brandon had to say after the complete game shutout in a 12 And the first career complete game for Brandon Woodruff and his first career shutout as well of nine innings as Brandon Woodruff joins us now just outside the Brewers Clubhouse. Uh, that's how it sounded with Uke on the radio. Woody, what a great night from you and it just felt like you had your good stuff right from the beginning. Yeah, um, just just weird, you know, just just showing up. Just you think back, it's showing up to the ballpark, and you don't really, um, you know, you're prepared, but you don't know what to expect. And and as the game got going, I kind of identified that, um, you know, they were they were super aggressive. So even after we scored, they come out and they're still swinging the bat. So I just tried to make quality pitches early, and um, you know, thankfully they hit the ball to you know straight to some guys and. Um, the defense played outstanding. Um, so, no, it was a great team effort. I thought everything was good tonight. Your slider was, was really good. And fastball is always great. Right. I mean, the fastball is what you make your living off of. And you were able to get it past them a lot tonight. But I thought the slider was particularly good tonight. You know, it's it's always a pitch, slider curveball, that um, I continuously work on. I feel like each and every 
outing is different, um, you know, but tonight I just I, I was doing a, a good job of just getting in front of it and was able to throw it for strike early. And then, um, you know, for the most part, I was able to uh, get it, you know, down and away from those righties. Um, so that's, um, you know, I work on that pitch a lot. And, you know, it was one of those I didn't know I was exactly going to go to it as much as I did. But, um, you know, I did, and thankfully it worked out. I mean, it's always great to take the ball with this defense behind right. you. I know that you echo what all the other pitchers talk about because this is such a great athletic team that can go out and get the ball and make plays behind you. But um, for you to do this uh, on the heels of what happened yesterday, I mean, it really is incredible yeah. what this group can do collectively as a whole. Man, you know, like, I just think we show up every day and, you know, um, there was just some, some good energy today, you know. Uh, Got a new teammate in Josh Donaldson, and I think that just uh, we we all know what kind of career he has had, and I, I think he's going to be a a great asset to our team. And you know, it just it was uh, we knew that we played good enough to win yesterday. We just didn't come out on top, and uh, we've been playing good baseball. And um, you know, but that wasn't in the back of my mind. I was just trying to go out and give the team a chance to win, and um, you know, it just kind of the cards kind of fell in place tonight. Woody, the last question for you. Third, fourth, and fifth inning. You go seven pitches, eight pitches, seven pitches. At that point in time, does it enter your mind like, hey, I, I could finish this game? Or are you thinking like that at that point? In time? Um, you know, I'm human. Um, I didn't exactly – honestly, I didn't know my pitch count uh, when I got through five innings. Um, and I peeked up and, and just saw that, you know, once I got through five, I think I was at like 60-something pitches. and Or it might have been less than that. but. Yeah. You know, I didn't. It didn't enter my mind about complete game until probably after the seventh. Um, you know, we had the really long inning there, and I was, you know, able to go out. And honestly, the discussion was um, if we had another long inning there in the eighth, that I wasn't going to go back out for the ninth. So um, when I went out for the eighth and had another quick inning, you know, me and Counts had a conversation about it. It was, it was exactly that. You know, if we have a long inning, he's like. Um, you know, we may not go back out, but I pleaded with him, and he, he kind of uh, – he, he was just like not a pitch over 105, and I threw it at 106. So when I come <laughs> in the tunnel, uh, I told him, I, was, I said, I guess 106 will get it done tonight. So um, just a, a cool moment. And, you know, it's um, I've, I've only had, I think, one other opportunity to do it, and it's, it's just a tough thing to do. And, I, you know, fortunately I was able to do it tonight. It is so hard to do in this game in 2023. And – for you to do it today when the bullpen needed a rest, too, for you to give them that rest, it's even bigger for what could come in the coming days as well. Woody, right. we appreciate it. Thanks so much, pal. Yep, thank you. All right, big Brandon Woodruff here on WTMJ. We're going to hear from the manager as well, Craig Council. Highlights a little bit later on, too. It's all brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trusting families comfort at home all year long with Cider for a limited time only, Sider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. Offers not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours. It is valid through September 15th. Go to SEIDER.com, Sider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. We'll hear from the skipper up next on WTMJ. Council, I want to address another text here, and I meant to mention this in the last uh, segment as well about Andrew Chafin. Really wanted to know what the organization is thinking, not waving or DFAing Andrew Chafin when they brought Donaldson up today. There is no way Council could put Chafin in the game with all the rest of their games are significant the rest of the season. Uh, I understand, and I, I see what people are saying about Chafin. And I also give kudos to Craig Council for kind of wearing it yesterday of like, hey, it wasn't, it was a one bad pitch, not a bad outing. You know, he hung a slider to the one guy you don't want to hang a slider to in Giancarlo Stanton. You know, sometimes if you hang a slider to anybody else, they maybe hit a base hit or they pop themselves out. But it's John Carlos Stanton. He's going to punish it. And you say, well, Dom, he shouldn't hang a slider. I know. The reason why they didn't DFA him or, you know, cut him today, look, he's probably not going to pitch in leverage for the rest of the season. But somebody, you know, we saw Thiago Vieira getting loose today in a 12 nothing game. Someone's got to pitch that inning, too, in case, you know, your starter's not in, right? We, we talk a lot about Bryce Wilson being an unsung hero, right, of how well he has pitched in the uh, mop-up role or the middle relief role, the unsexy role, keeping the team in it. Well, you know what? The extremely garbage man role of, hey, it's, you know, it's the eighth inning and 
we're on the road and it's 12 nothing. We need somebody to pitch the bottom of the eighth, you know? That might be Andrew Chafin's role. It might be it's like it was JC Mejia's role before he got injured. It was, you know, it was Ethan Small's role before he proved he was ineffective at the big league level. So someone's got to do that role and it's probably going to be Andrew Chafin moving forward. And if you're asking, just bring somebody else up. Okay? It hasn't worked for Clayton Andrews. JB Bukowskis has barely pitched at the big league level. And you look at the rest of the 40-man roster, Aaron Ashby is maybe on his way back. You know, he, he's thrown twice in high A's on his way out to double A to continue on his rehab assignment. But you look at it uh, reliever-wise on the 40-man roster, it's small Andrews or Bukowskis. Those are your options. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, Andrew Chafin is more reliable than all three of those because of the fact that he's pitching the big leagues before, and if he's not pitching in leverage, you can survive that, and then if you can find something out of him, great. You may use him for a situational lefty situation, but I don't think Andrew Chafin is going to be pitching in uh, big moments here down the stretch. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. It doesn't hurt, and the Brewers are going to find a way to get him into the games, but I, I and again, they used Andrew Chafin before they used Hobie Milner yesterday, indicating that they wanted to stay away from Hobie Milner, right? They used Abner Uribe before they used Andrew Chafin, right? So they, they felt that they were going to try to survive that 12th inning with Chafin. It didn't work out. And then you move on. It is what it is. Chafin's going to be on this team for a little while longer. So just a reminder, the three relievers that are in AAA right now, Clayton Andrews, J.B. Bukowskis, and Ethan Small that are on the 40-man roster. So that's part of the reason why. Anyway, the manager, Craig Council, after a rarity for him, a complete game shutout that he let go the distance. Here's Craig Council. Yeah, no, I mean, he when he's – he I, I, I knew coming off the mound after the eighth that uh, he wanted to go back out there. So um, – I mean, and I was good with him going back out there. We we just had some parameters in terms of a pitch count. Yeah, yeah, in terms of pitches. Yeah. How close did he get? He passed it by one. <laughs> we saw Chris kind of talking about. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, he threw the ball great, and he deserved he deserved the shot to do it for sure. Um, and um, I'm glad he got it done. I'm, I'm happy for him. It was a it was a great performance, and on a, on a night, you know, after yesterday, um, you know what we got ahead of us, um, you know that's that's just a big time performance. We've had two incredible performances by our guys the last two days, and you know makes you really appreciate appreciate what they've accomplished and and what they do for your team. Lazardo was kind of on a roll heading into tonight. Just how encouraging is it for? Yeah, I think I'm season high in hits. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just point to the first at bat. You know, I mean, any any starting pitcher that's been in a role and, and you greet him with a leadoff home run, um, you know, it, it knocks anybody on their heels, right? Just a little bit, and, and then, you know, we we didn't cash in after that, but had made him throw a bunch of pitches, um, and it was just a good night for us offensively in terms of, um, you know, just. Appropriate patience, aggressiveness, um, in, in the right spots, and we did a nice job getting pitches to hit. How important was it for Woody to kind of get it done in a lot of different ways, like those quick innings? He got strikeouts in time and spots. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the they were aggressive for sure, um, and I think that gave him just confidence with and his and he was he had a ton of confidence in the fastball tonight. Um, so that that combination, he's going to throw strikes with that pitch. He's going to throw it in good spots, um, and uh, so he he certainly used that to his advantage. Um, we had a nice defensive play in the in the inning where he, um, you know, had some pitches, threw some pitches. I think twenty plus pitches in just one of the innings, um, and and that double play kind of shortened that inning for him. But uh, other than that, it was just. Had an account, really good fastballs um, in good spots. You kind of mentioned this after yesterday. After yesterday, what's just the payoff of having a big day and score a bunch of runs? I'm sure the guys were really frustrated about kind of a missed opportunity yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, you know, there there are, I mean, every game you lose, there's missed opportunities. And every game you, you know, one run losses, you're going to point to stuff. So, um, 
you know, that we, we came back today and, and turned the page, like we said, and um, did, did it the right way. The numbers against lefties on the year haven't been great, but this, like, the lineup you're putting out there today is a little different than some of the guys that have, have been in those lineups all year. Are you encouraged by like, their career numbers and what they did tonight? Um, you know, it, it's it's one night, and we, we, we swung the bats well tonight and, and did good things. Um, you know, keep it going. Like Donaldson's night, I mean, rewarded for putting a ball in play. There was a walk. Nice defensive play coming in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I think just for him, just kind of get your feet wet, get a W, contribute to a W, um, you know, a good start. The, the middle part of the game, that third, fourth, and fifth, when Woody, I think it was just 22 pitches, yeah. he did like 10 in a row. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stretch you need to. Yeah. Game yeah, I mean, I think we looked up after the. You know, what was the fifth, and there was maybe 49 pitches or 50 pitches. And so, yeah, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, you know, it just felt like three or four first pitch outs um, in that stretch. And that's when the, you know, I think just the fastball. And, you know, look, Woody is one of the better fastballs in the league. And, and when he gets it going and that confidence in it, and he throws it to with velocity and command, um, you know, it's a pitch you swing at, but it's but it's not not a pitch you can do a lot with. Elevated fastballs, if you can hit it in the right spot, it's virtually unhittable, man. Look at Garrett Cole yesterday. Elevated fastballs in the zone at 96 miles an hour. You ain't touching it. You just ain't. And that's what Brandon Woodruff did today. Had what we call carry in the business. Carried all the way to the plate. Felt like it just kept going. Brandon Woodruff, awesome stuff tonight. Complete game shutout, first of his career. Brewers win 12 nothing. Let's get some offensive highlights up in here, shall we? Can't make it all about the pitchers. Highlights next on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get here, Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Things got going right off the bat in this one. Brandon Woodruff against Jesus Lazardo. Game one of four with the Marlins. After escaping a mini jam at the top of the first, the Brewers came and arrived to the plate with the bats and picking up uh, where they left off on Saturday in New York, not so much Sunday. Mark Canna, the leadoff shot. And the pitch, hit to left and deep. Get up! Get up at the wall and gone! Mark Canna just hit one out of here to put the crew on top. It's his 10th of the year, and the Brewers lead Miami 1-0. Bob Euchre on the call here. So Brandon Woodruff got rolling there after that with a 1-0 lead. We picked things up in the third inning. A rally starting to form and a key contributor on the offense today and a key contributor for the Brewers since he arrived, Willie Adamas. 1-0, high fly ball, deep left field, racing back is De La Cruz, and it is off the top of the wall. Contreras will score. On his way to third is Santana. And into second with an RBI double is Willie Adamas. It's two to nothing Brewers. Lane Grindle on the call here. They weren't done in the inning. How about the new guy, Josh Donaldson, with second and third in the infield. First pitch to Donaldson. It's a ground ball past the diving shortstop Wendell and into left center. Santana will score. On his way to third is Adamas. It's an RBI single for Josh Donaldson. And the Brewers have a three to nothing lead. And how about some more from Tyrone Taylor? Taylor, little flare into left center field. That's going to drop in there for a base hit. Adamas will score. Stopping at third is Donaldson. It's an RBI single for Taylor, and it's four to nothing crew. In fact, Tyrone wasn't even done later on in the fifth inning with the Brewers in control four nothing. He decided to make it hurt. Line to left. This will get another one home. Here comes Willie Adamas. Tyrone Taylor digging for two, and he's in there. The tag by Edwards may have been a little bit high on Tyrone Taylor, and he's got a two-bagger. So another RBI for Tyrone, and then just to make things uh, blown open here, we move forward to the sixth inning now. Brewers in front, bases loaded, nobody out. Dan Castano in from the bullpen, and uh, Willie Adamas having himself a night. And the pitch. A smash fair down the left field line into the corner. This is going to clear the bases. And Willie Adamas is going to wind up with a three-bagger. 
And the Brewers add three more. That made it 9 nothing. Just for measure, they would add a Sal Freelick RBI single. They would also add uh, another run against position player pitching in the eighth. 12 nothing for the Brewers. But that zero, the only guy that had a better night than Willie was Brandon Woodruff. A complete game shutout. Six hits, all singles, seven strikeouts, and 106 pitches for the first complete game shutout of his career. We'll wrap up the program after this and preview game two on WTMJ. All right, last couple minutes of the show here. I've been trying to track down if the Marlins shared who will start tomorrow's game. But nonetheless, we know it'll be Freddie Peralta tomorrow for the Brew Crew. Same time, same place, 6.40. Reminder, this is a four-game series. So Wednesday is also a 6.40 first pitch. Now that's TBA for the Brewers, but we did learn earlier today that Adrian Hauser will start this series. He is on track, he is on schedule, he is good to go. Now he's eligible to come off the IL tomorrow. They've obviously got Freddie ready to go. So now the decision is coming to a head. Will the Brewers go with a six-man rotation during this stretch of 17 in a row and use both Adrian Hauser and Colin Ray before they go to Wade Miley? They would give Wade and Corbin an extra day of rest, which could be useful. That would mean Wade would start Friday against Washington, Corbin would start Saturday against Washington. Four, five, six, doing live counting here. Then he would start Friday, the 22nd, against the Marlins. One, two, three, four, five, six. Then 28th against the Cardinals, and that would mean he would miss that entire Cubs series. So something coming to a head here if the Brewers are going to decide with a six-man rotation or five-man rotation of how they want to shake out the rest of the regular season. But if they have Corbin Burns pitch every fifth game for the rest of the season, every fifth, you know, the regular rotation, he would pitch game 162 as things stand right now. So buckle up. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. One last update from Coors Field. The Cubs came back and won. Told you, the game is never over at Coors Field. Cubs come back and win 5-4. to four. A Jan Gomes two-run single in the top of the ninth against Tyler Kinley. It all started with a double from Dansby Swanson. He even, they even had a double steal in it. Crazy. All right, well, hey, it's th- thanks, Rockies. Thanks for nothing. But the Brewers remain three games up in the Central, four games up in the loss column. We don't get ahead of ourselves on magic numbers, but the point is you win games at hand and good things happen. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye, and nights like tonight are a whole lot of fun. The Brewers improve to 80-63. and 63. One win away from clinching another uh, at least 500 season, two more wins from clinching another winning season. We'll celebrate it when it gets there, but this has been quite a run of excellence for the Brewers. Pretty wild stuff. 80 and 63. 19 games to go. The end is near. My thanks to Craig Sean for joining us and to our producer Tommy Wirtz. Brewers win 12 nothing. Bob Brainer will be in my chair tomorrow. I'll be back on Wednesday. Holler at you then. Until then, keep on swinging.